Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Okay, while you're standing, Father, thank you for your presence here right now. Mighty Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us. We're no longer distant from you. It is for freedom that Jesus has set us free, to freely come, boldly come into your presence. Father, thank you for allowing us the welcome to come into your presence. And Holy Spirit, right now, I just thank you for that ministering potential that you have for each life, old, young, pretending to be young, even though they're old, or pretending to be old, even though they're young, whoever it may be, Holy Spirit, I thank you for open hearts here right now, for clear eyes, tuned ears, open hearts, can't lose. Holy Spirit, speak this morning. You are the Word. We are here to hear. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking individually in the situation or circumstances or the areas, the battlefield of whatever homes are going through, marriages are going through, individuals are going through, teenagers are going through, young adults, whatever it might be. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I'm a vessel here right now. I know what you want to say through me. I don't know what I'm going to say. None of us know what I'm But Let me get back. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are going to remind us of everything that our, our Savior and our Lord has said. And I thank you for speaking that rhema word into each one of our lives because nothing is impossible for a rhema word from God. So we just welcome you, Holy Spirit, right now to speak to us. Come on, just welcome the Holy Spirit. Say, I welcome you to speak into my life today, Holy Spirit. Have your way, have your way, your kingdom, your will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you agree with that, show your conviction by yelling amen. Oh, some of you mean it. Grab your seats. Amen. What? Oh, hallelujah. It is so great to be with you guys here today. What a privilege it is to be in the presence of God. What a privilege. Oh, I just realized my notes are all out of whack. Um, that one goes there. I don't know where that one goes. This is like, uh, let's make it up as we go. How's that? Oh, marriage Alpha. The, on on um, Friday night, we did some reflective conversation. Who enjoyed that? I, I've been told by a few people that there were some um, heated discussions that arose during that reflect you were meant to discuss something that wasn't a current conflict but it was like well it seems like everything is that some people were saying but the good thing is you know that sparks spiritual warfare come on who's had some spiritual warfare sparked I have <laughs> you're not laughing those guys that are here that were here come on Thank you. I, agree. I appreciate <laughs> Everyone can bring something. You can bring a little bit more quiet from now on. You may make us feel like we're missing out. You know, like <laughs> that's just too much conviction in that spiritual warfare right there. I want to start off with Proverbs 24 this morning. This is a great Proverbs. Who enjoys Proverbs? 
Yeah, I, I love it because, you know, um, when King Solomon was given the option by God, what do you want? Do you want, what do you, what do you really need from me? And he gave him the option, open slather. You can have anything. And a lot of people think that he asked for wisdom. He didn't. He said, Lord, give me a discerning heart to lead your people. And so I want to speak out of the Proverbs 24, 3 to 4 this morning. This is in the NIV. This is one of my wife's, um, one of the verses she loves. She just loves this. She quotes this um, quite often. And I know that she lives by it because our home is, is full of many, what does it say here? Rare and beautiful treasures. I'm the rare one. <laughs> And she's the beautiful one. And yeah. I didn't know where that was going for a second. <laughs> okay. This is what Solomon said. By wisdom. Say wisdom. Yeah, very good. A house is built. And through understanding, understanding, it is established. And through knowledge, say knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Now in the Hebrew, you know the Hebrew is a lot more profound than our Australian English. We're, we're like really, I, I greeted somebody in Afrikaans this morning, and mind you, they said that I did it so well, they nearly broke into a response of Afrikaans. I'm embellishing it a little bit, okay. Um, but I, I went in to pick up some Korean food during the week from JJ's um, Korean barbecue. And I walked in and I went, Anyang. And she just started speaking, because that's hello in, in Korean. And she started speaking Korean to me. And I just went. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure I slaughtered Anyang. <laughs> so she's like, this white bald guy just came in here speaking Korean. I'll show him. And then I said, thank you in Korean as I left, probably slaughtered that one as well. But um, yeah, wisdom. This is what the Hebrew says, okay? So looking at by wisdom a house is built, it actually means through skillful wit and elevated ability, a house, a life, a family, a stewardship. Ooh, there's a shift in your perspective. It's my life. It's my house. It's my family. No, it's stewardship. The older you get, the more you realize that the stuff you got, you're just a steward of. You've only got it for a certain amount of time. While we were but just a breath on this earth, we get to be stewards and we should be good stewards. Elon Musk is looking, he's a brilliant guy. Um, he's looking at colonizing Mars. Because we, we have to go to another planet because we're ruining this one. So the obvious thing is go to a place that does not support us, that has no water, has no atmosphere, has no oxygen, has no plant life, has no obvious potential to be an earth. Why not be better stewards of the earth that we've got? Do you know, someone told me during the week that um, Bali, If you I hadn't been to Bali, but last year Kylie and I, because it was a year, God says, a year of rest. You know, um, what was the slogan last year? Foundations of rest. Thank you for reminding me. I came up with it. Um, <laughs> foundations of rest. So I organized, I was a genius. I organized early in the year, 
to go on these holidays. I've got some great business class flights, really cheap. Got some great economy, uh, sorry, beautiful villa accommodation at great prices. Then it all went flat. And we were going to go to Bali. We were going to go up into a villa in the mountains. It had its own little private villa and private swimming pool. And we were going to stay in the mountains. Then we were going to come down because there's some people in our church that go to Bali every year. I'm doing this quick because it's irrelevant to my message. But... um. And then we're going to stay in a villa down on the beach and it was going to be beautiful. And I'm like, oh, I was going to have my beautiful wife there because, you know, we're going to have this holiday. And, um, and the, who's been to Bali? You know, it's quite beautiful. I understand where the resorts are. But they, they showed some photos. Um, this couple were telling us that they had seen the, the background. We, we see the, the facade, but the background is there, there's a huge amount of just, you know, um, single-use plastic waste uh, when I go to the Philippines, you, you see it everywhere, like, because it's just cheap ways of carrying things. So um, that's the option. And they were showing all these beautiful, pristine rivers that are just full of garbage and just no one's cleaning up because everyone's doing tourism. But at the moment, there was no tourism. So they got in and they've started being good stewards, people that had no jobs in tourism, they started cleaning up the, the rivers and everything like that. And so they're, they're being stewards. So this is a mind shift through skillful wit and elevated ability, a life, a family, a house, a stewardship is birthed. It's grown or repaired. I started repairing our main bathroom last year. And um, demo day was fantastic. I got in there smashed it, pulled up all the floorboards, cut them from underneath because they're 115-year-old floorboards and really wide ones. So I'm cutting up the floorboards, I'm keeping the floorboards. And then I realized the, the, the floor joists are going the wrong way. And I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work. But they did it for a sp specific reason because that's the way they, they wanted the floorboards to run. So it, it looked good. And the joists were going the wrong way. And I'm like, that's why when you walked in there, you're like... It's got a springy floor, you know, because they were, so I chopped them all out and I put new floor joists in and I, I spent all this time making sure that the foundations are good. And then I found other problems and where the builders, when they removed the house, we had the house removalists come and take it. It used to be the original dairy in Muldura, so that's why we wanted to keep it. And we've moved it out onto our property, but they chopped some, some bearers underneath and never repaired them. And I wonder why that part was springy as well. So now I've jacked that up. And I, but I've spent all this time doing foundational stuff that the, <laughs> nothing else has been done. Like, it's just barely floor now. And, and then I chopped the end of my, off my finger and everything. So I'm not making excuses. But it's about skillful wit. This, this, this house being built is also about repairing. And, and the beautiful thing is that in Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, For we are God's own handwork, His workmanship, recreated, recreated in Christ Jesus, recreated. We are born anew. We are rebirthed. You are a reborn Christian. You, if you believe in Jesus, He's your Lord, then you have been reborn. God's wisdom has rebirthed you so that you have the potential to be a new steward in your life, to have, start a new family line, to start a new generation. There's so much potential there. It goes on to say by where it says through understanding, 
It means by diligent discernment and prudent perception, it is set up for success, prepared and directed to be prosperous. It is provided for. God says here, it says about God in in Ephesians 2, it says um, he prepared these good works for us ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live the good life. Who wants to have the good life? I want the good life. God has a good life for you. If you're not experiencing it at the moment, last week I spoke a message that the take home, the little thing, because God's talking to us about little things this year. The little thing to take home was if you don't deal with something when you're young, it doesn't get miraculously better when, as you get older. And you might think, well, I'm a little bit old now. How am I going to fix those problems? Well, you're never as young as you are right now. You'll never be again as young as you are. So you just got older from the last time I said it. We're getting older all the time. So if, you, if you're challenged on something, deal with it. If you're challenged in, with rejection, deal with it. You're not rejected. You are loved. You are loved. Don't stand back from that. I don't know who this is for this morning, but don't stand back in rejection. Don't allow that lie. Don't let the enemy whisper that lie in your ear that you are rejected. No, you are part of the beloved. You are part of the family of God. Allow that love to wash through you. Allow that love to flow through you. Be that vessel where it flows through you. Then it says, where where it says, you know, um, through knowledge. That word knowledge there actually means intimate instruction from counsel. It's awareness of a process. It's a prognostication. When was the last time you threw that into a conversation? Yes, well, I was just uh, got up Monday morning and I prognosticated by Friday that I should have. No, we don't use this word, but it actually means to foresee, to actually foresee issues before they come across the path. <laughs> And it's not only that, it's being able and capable to translate this message to others, this this ability, the wisdom, the understanding. It's being able to translate it, not just be say, well, this is how it's done, but be able to translate it. And then it says the, the beautiful things are, means things filled with bright, clear, honorable, precious things of good reputation and pleasant wealth and substance in our life. In the Passion Translation, listen to this. Wise builders, sorry, wise people are builders. Messed it up from the start. Wise people are builders. Say that with me. Wise people are builders. I just want that to soak in for a little bit. Because some of us are tearing things down. Some of us are tearing things up or some of us are just leaving things going, well, again, I'm getting this rejection thing this morning. I'll just leave that alone. I'll just walk away from that. No, no, no. If you felt rejected in church, be part of the building of God. Be part of that household of faith. Don't don't allow that lie to get in there. Because the thing is that when you start believing a lie, you will will find ways to actually make it real. You'll find evidence to say that, oh, they did it to me again. That person didn't wave to me. And they may not have seen you. You know, well, they rejected me again. That's Stephen. Wise people are builders. They build families, businesses, communities, and through intelligence and insight, their enterprises are established and endure. Because of their skilled leadership, the hearts of people are filled with the treasures of wisdom and the pleasures of spiritual wealth. 
I'm telling you now, the world needs wise people that are builders. They need wise people. And we are, there's no one else reading this. It's only the household of faith. It's only believers that are grabbing hold of this and getting the spirit of it to, to activate this. Because of your skilled leadership in your life, the hearts of people around you are going to be filled with treasures of wisdom and pleasures of your spiritual wealth. You're going to be able to act. We were singing this, this new wine, there's new power. You might think, oh, yeah, I want power. No, 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 that's authority. Authority comes with responsibility. Freedom comes with responsibility. Both of them, authority and freedom that we're saying, yes, I want freedom, I want, I want power. Both have responsibility attached to them. So let's be wise people so that we're good builders. During the week, Kylie hit me really early in the morning. She, she started talking to me before my brain was awake and she started, I was laying there and she started talking about, hey, listen to this. And she, she's talking about the process of the tabernacle, of the tent, the sanctuary that Moses was given the vision of on the mountain. On the mountain. And God says, build according to this pattern because it's a heavenly pattern. And then it, he said, and this is how you're going to build it. And so... There was all this instruction given into building it, and it was so precise. It was so, like, he, he didn't leave anything out. There were, he was going, and I want you to build it this size, and I want you to make all the curtains this size, and I want you to put this many rings across the top of the curtains, and I want the feet on this to be made like that, and I want the tail to be put out here. I want everything to be exact to size and everything. And Moses got this revelation of this building, which was only a tent. You and I would love to have a tent like this that we could just take down the bush, go and have a camp out over to over the Murray River, <laughs> it was an ornate, beautiful thing. It was just incredible. But when it came time for them to move, there was a process to them actually packing everything up. And this is what Kylie was explaining to me. And I'm like, whoa, it was so precise. They were, these pots had to be wrapped up in scarlet. These ones had to be wrapped up in blue cloth. These ones here had to be wrapped up in, what was the other, purple cloth. And then they had to be wrapped up in the certain animal skins. And only Aaron and his sons could do this part. Only the Levitical priests could do this part, sons of Aaron. And then after they'd done that, then this next family could come in and they could do their part in pulling down the timbers and pulling down the curtains. And everything. And then they went out and the next, fa next family came in and did their part. Oh, it's getting warm now. I don't need my scarf. Woohoo! It was a bit cool this morning, wasn't it? Who loves autumn? Oh, I love every season. Oh, it's just, I just... Some people go, I hate summer, hate winter. And I'm like, I just, how? That's all right. We, we all have preferences. I hate people that don't like seasons. No, 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 no. That came out wrong. Totally wrong. So the operation of facilitating the presence of God. Now, there was a box that was built, made of acacia wood, overlaid with um, with gold, and uh, what was his name? Belazil, Belazil. I wish I'd written that down and make it. Make. But he was, God said, let him and 
a higher you or something like that. These two guys, they, I've gifted them with working with stone and with gold and precious metal. I've gifted them to do this job. I was reading about them during the week. Um, Belizeal, or whatever his name was, something like that, he was 13 years old when he did this. He was gifted. And there was such intricate, they weren't just like slapped together. It was intricately made. Each piece of gold, each stone, like the outfits that they wore, they had gemstones. They had 12 gemstones on their garments with the name of each of the, the houses of Israel, each tribe inscribed on them. They had plates of onyx that had the names. Onyx is a really precious black stone. If you are buying onyx, onyx at the moment, it's not real onyx. We don't we can't don't have any more onyx that we've found. Onyx is just a plastic stuff that we make or it's a man-made onyx. Going off track again. But it was precious, these things. Everything that they did had a meaning to it. It was precious, but it was specific, it was precise, it was documented, it was regimented, and it had to be regimented because it was final and it was lethal. Because if, if the wrong person went into the Holy of Holies and they hadn't gone through the process and they hadn't done everything right, they had a, their garment, the, the head priest, their garment had these beautiful gold bells and these little pomegranate, um, woven pomegranates on the bottom. And you just go, wow, rings on their fingers, bells on their toes. They'll have music wherever they go, you know. No, that was, they had a rope tied around them that when they went tinkle, 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 tinkle into the Holy of Holies, if the tinkle, tinkle stopped, no one could go in there after them. It's like tinkle, 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 drag him out. He was dead because it was final. They had to follow these this process because it was a heavenly process and they had to revere God because they were under a covenant that by our standards today was an inferior covenant, but there was a demonstrative, definite power of God that was displayed. His, when God moved, the nations knew who the God of Israel was. They knew who the God of Israel was because the God of Israel did stuff. He wasn't like the gods, the other gods. He was actually a God that moved things, moved water, caused things to happen. He was a God that did stuff. Now, we have a superior covenant today. We just gave thanks with the cup of the new covenant, the new relationship. And you, know, you might be saying, well, where's the demonstration of power? We have the witness of His Spirit. We, we don't have to go... It, through a ritualistic process to enter into the Holy of Holies anymore, we can immediately, freely, boldly come into the presence of God. But the same way that they had to revere it and honour it back then, we should revere it and honour it as well. And not just, oh, well, I'm in, oh, I'm out. Oh, God, Santa Claus, give me this. Oh, go off and do my own thing. Oh, I'm in trouble. Can't. No, we need to revere and honour it. Now, David... Okay, the Ark of the Covenant, which had the, ta the tablets of the Ten Commandments in it, it was, it was the thing overlaid with God. God was in the box. God was in the box. We say, take God out of the box. But back then, God was in the box. And that box carried incredible power that David, it, when um, Saul was king, 
he went off to battle and he didn't inquire of God. And he said, oh, we'll just take the Ark of the Covenant with us because God's in the box, so he'll be with us. But no, they didn't inquire of God. God didn't tell him to go into battle. Saul died. Everybody died. Uh, um, Eli's sons, they died. <laughs> Eli died. <laughs> there was all the, and, and the Ark of the Covenant was taken captive by the Philistines. Now, the Phil- this was a terrible time. For Israel and for the Philistines, both of them did not benefit from this transaction. The Philistines, they, they took it into their sanctuary and they had Dagon, their head god up there. Next morning they come in, Dagon's flat on his face, this big carving of Dagon. So they prop him up and dust him off and clean him off and say, oh, on your way, Dagon, come on. Been drinking too much or something? Next morning come in and they tried all these ways of propping up their God, but he was dead. And the Ark of the Covenant ended up, the presence of God ended up breaking his head off, breaking his hands off, destroying Dagon. So, and not only that, these guys ended up with tumors in their bodies. They ended up with the infestations. That's it. I will not have infestation. I think we've got a rat in our shed. Just, I saw it last night. Need to put those cats to work. Those cats do nothing around the house. It's time for them to do something. <laughs> but they had rats turn up. They had all this stuff happen. So they went, we're going to get rid of this presence of the God of Israel because he's killing us. So they put it, they got these young ox, put it on a cart and slapped them on the butt and said, on your way. These young ox go wandering off and go to the house of an Israelite. It stays there. The Ark of the Covenant stays there. And then David, who's now king, says, guys, should we go get the Ark of the Presence so we can inquire of God? And it was good for them. They, all the people thought it was good to do this thing. But they didn't actually inquire of God. And they didn't go back to having the honor and the respect that needed to be afforded to this process. So they just went and got the Ark of the Covenant, put it on a cart with the ox, started on their merry merry taking it back to the to Jerusalem and David is so full of joy he's dancing before him doing a dance doing a boogie and they're playing music one point though Uzzah they it stumbles hits a pothole so he reaches out to do a good thing, to steady the Ark of the Covenant so it's not going to hit the ground. But when he touches it, God's wrath falls because he became familiar. He didn't respect the process and he touched the Ark and he died. He was, he was killed on the spot. And, and David gets all upset and he goes, but he was a good guy and he was doing a good thing. And sometimes we think that, you know, we know better than God. And God says, no, I'm trying to show you guys something that's going to happen down the track where there's going to be freedom. So he puts his hand on the ark. He dies. The place is called Perizuza, which means, you know, break out against Uzzah. And David goes away upset with God, angry with God that he would hurt Uzzah, who was doing a good thing, trying to do a good thing. But the problem was, he, the, the covenant was you, you can't come close to God. You can't do that unless you fulfill this process. So David goes away and he goes, I'm not taking this back to with me though, because I know who I am. I know how I live. I know what I get up to and I'm, I'm going to die. I don't want this thing around me. So he, he sends it to another bloke's house. 
Well, let him go. It's going to your house. I'm king, your house. So it goes to this guy's house. While it's in his house, he's blessed. He's favoured. He's given so much by God that everyone notices. David then starts thinking and he goes, God wants to bless us. God wants to give us the good life. He doesn't want to just judge us. He actually wants... And then let me read a scripture out. Um, oh, you know how I, my notes were mixed up? Now we found, find out the desperation of that. Here we go. Acts 2.30 to 31. As a prophet speaking about David, he knew God's faithful promise made with God's unbreakable oath that one of his descendants would take his throne. So when peering into the future, David prophesied. David's peered into the future and he saw, it says here, the Messiah's resurrection. He saw what God was going to do. He, he, got, he got a witness to what God was going to do because David got away with some stuff in his life. He ate the bread of the presence, which you weren't supposed to do. He did stuff that you weren't supposed to do. But the reason was because he got a glimpse of what God was going. He had eyes that were open. He had ears that were tuned in. And he had a heart that was open for God to do. Clear eyes, tuned ears, open heart. And he saw the Messiah's resurrection. Not just the coming of the Messiah. Not just the life of the Messiah. Not just the, the crucifixion of the Messiah. He saw the resurrection of the Messiah and what that meant. That death was defeated. And it goes on to say that the, and, um, and God revealed, God revealed to him that the Messiah would not be abandoned to the realm of, the death, uh, of death, nor would his body experience decay. And this guy goes on to say, I think it's Peter in here in Acts, he goes, can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus and we have all seen him. So what David saw back then, now Peter on the day of Pentecost is telling all these guys immediately after this, and he goes on to say, this same Jesus, you crucified. They go, what do we do? And he goes, repent and be saved, 5,000, immediately. That's the authority of this freedom that we, that we take for granted so, so easily today. Oh, step into it, step out of it. No, there's a reverence and an honor that I'm trying to grab, uh, trying to help you get the gravity of today. So David then says, right, God's blessing this dude. Let's bring it into Jerusalem. So he goes and gets the Ark of the Covenant. He says, but let's do it the right way. Where's Aaron's descendants? Where's the Levitical priests? You've got to do this the right way. And, and they did it all. But because of this revelation, because he peered through and saw the Messiah resurrected and what that actually meant, he says, get the music out. I'm dancing before. And he put the ephod on. I've got my linen shirt on. He put the linen ephod on and he did his little boogie. He's going down the track. He's dancing before the Lord. They're playing their music. Never been done like this before. But he's rejoicing. He's breaking out. He's doing. And not only that, he comes into Jerusalem and he sets it up that he wants praise and worship in the tabernacle from then on. In the sanctuary of God, he wanted rejoicing and music. Now, the priest knew what they, there's rules here, David. David, there's stuff that you don't do. Paul, you can go first. You know, like... <laughs> You be the first musician to just strum away and 
If your bells are still ringing, we'll follow you. The thing is, though, listen to this. In Acts 15, this is God prophesying. This is the prophecy of Amos, Amos 9. After these things, I will return to you and raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen into ruin. I will restore and rebuild what David experienced so that all humanity will be able to encounter the Lord, including the Gentiles who I have called to be my very own, says the Lord. For I have made my knowns, my, my work, made known my works. For, you can read it from, from eternity. It doesn't say, I'll raise up Moses' tabernacle. It says, I'll raise up David's tabernacle. What Moses did through the obedience of the law, David now fulfilled the law with love, rejoicing and loving God and praising God. And it became a common thing in the house, in the tabernacle to praise God. It was a different way of building and so much so that God says, I want to rebuild that tabernacle. And you might say, but that's not the one that God set up. And he goes, no, but I want people who are going to turn their hearts in love, not just see the law, but be transformed by the law and get the revelation of the Messiah resurrected. And Jesus came not to end the law, but to fulfill the law with love. Everyone's going to be getting something different out of this this morning. So what's a little thing that we can take away? How can we build well? How can we be wise people that are builders? Here's a little thing. Here's a next step. Because it's easy to take a next step. Some, some people just like, I can never get to where that is. Or I can, I've got this issue in my life and I know I need to be there. But I, oh, it's just too hard to get there. All you've got to do is take that first step. You ever been around someone that say, hey, it's easy. Just, just take this step. Just do this. I remember going mountain, like mountain hiking and stuff like that, and people would just be like, on the first day, the first day is a killer. You got, everything's screaming at you. Your body's screaming at you. Your lungs are screaming. Your brain's screaming, just going, give up. You don't want to go, right, Tim? Tim Middleton, when first, first and only time he came hiking with us, he said, I'm not going to be cold, not going to be thirsty, not going to be hungry, not going to be uncomfortable. He was carrying like about... 50, 60 kilos, and he's just throwing out food as we're walking up. He's cut his, you know, the his water packs and all that, and he's like, it's too hard, too much. But the thing was, just keep putting one foot, just the next step. You don't have to worry about the mountaintop there. You just got to keep taking the next step. The next step's easy to take. So the next step in being a wise builder, a wise person that builds, Proverbs 15, 4 to 6, in the Passion Translation, when you speak healing words, whoa, when you speak healing words, you offer others fruit from the tree of life. Not just fruit from your life, fruit from the tree of life. Healing words offer fruit from the tree of life. That's the tree of life that's in the Garden of Eden now we see in the reflection in, in eschatology, you look at heaven and it says that there is a tree of life there. Who's the leaves are for the healing of the nations and everything like that. But unhealthy negative words do nothing but crush 
their hopes. When you speak healing words, you offer others fruit from the tree of life, but unhealthy negative words do nothing but crush their hopes. I said before, I don't know who this is for, but for this one, I know who this is for. This is for all of us. We all have the potential to speak negative, crushing words. We all have the ability to speak them over our own lives, over what we've done, how we've responded, or over others' lives. But speaking healing words, this is a little thing. Being reminded this week and from now on, what are my words doing? Are they killing or are they healing? remember somebody saying once, we all carry two buckets with us. A bucket of petrol and a bucket of water. We can either just make the flame bigger and destruction bigger or we can put it out. In Proverbs 15, it talks about, you know, a gentle answer turns away wrath, a, a, a kind response. And I, I had a conflict during the week with somebody. They were really upset with me. There's no one from here. It was Kylie. No, <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, and I, I, was, I was throwing them some bones by saying, hey, mate, I love you. Hey, hey, you're doing a great job. I just want to honor you and respect you. And he said, yeah, 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 but you should have done this different. You should have. I didn't do anything wrong. He did, but he was projecting it onto me. No, honestly, not telling any tales, you know. <laughs> and I was trying to help him by, by getting some even ground, but he just kept pointing the finger because he was just upset. And he was speaking negative words, unhealthy words. And I just kept trying to speak healing words there. I spoke to him yesterday. I rang him up and I said, hey, we didn't finish the conversation. Um, I just want to let you know, I'll do whatever it needs to be done to make this work. And he's gone, it's good, mate. Yeah, sorry. I, I just went a little bit off planet for a little while, but um, we're good. Everything's great. He didn't really apologize. I was waiting for it. Not going to hold my breath. Because listen to this next part in verse 5. It says, you're stupid to mock the instruction of a father. But welcoming correction will make you brilliant. There is prosperity in the house of the righteous. That's somebody that wants to live the good life. That's somebody who's actually working on the stewardship of their life. That's somebody who's, who's seeking counsel from the counselor, correction from the convictor, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak into their heart so that His kingdom can come and His will can be done in our lives. It says, the house of the righteous is full of prosperity, but the house of the wicked is filled with trouble, no matter how much money they have. So, my, so much of what we look at is all about money, money, money. We think about money. like it. So A lot of people think, if I've got money, God's blessed me. It, that may not be the case at all. And people think, if I don't have money, then God's angry at me. No, don't. Just take money out of the equation. Do you have peace in your life? Do you have joy in your life? Are you able to love those that, that hate you and despise you? Are you able to, to speak a healing word? <laughs> that's the house of the righteous. That's, that's full of wealth. That's got real wealth. But the house of the wicked is filled with trouble. I have seen people that are so wealthy and they just destroy and rip each other apart. 
let's be wise people. Let's be good builders. Jesus said, if you follow my teachings, Matthew 4, sorry, 5, 6, and 7, and then 7, if you live your life like this, you will be a wise builder. Clear eyes, tuned ear, open heart. That's out of Matthew 13, um, the parable of the sower. Jesus said, I, want, I need you to have clear eyes, tuned ears, open heart because then you can't lose. <laughs> My daughter's waiting for me. That's out of a show that they used to watch called Friday Night Lights. It was a football show, and the coach used to say to these young men, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. You tell young boys that, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. They're going to go out and just decimate the other team. <laughs> I can tell you now, we can go out and decimate not people, but our foe, our adversary, that tries to lie to you, tries to tell you that you're not good enough, that you're just a sinner. When he, when he reminds me of my sin, I, I go, yeah, but I was born into a planet that's got sin in it. You sinned while you were in heaven. There was no other example of sin and you sinned. So don't you come pointing the sin at me, you filthy sinner. You filthy liar. You are just a father of lies. That's why Jesus said father of lies. His language is lies. Just get it once and for all. Don't listen to the lies. Don't take the con. Be wise builders. Can you stand with me if you're able? I want to pray for you. However you need to posture yourself right now to receive from the Holy Spirit. You may not have done this before. I don't know everybody here, but if you need to have a a reconnection with Jesus, it's so easy. It says, those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I don't know how many people, as they enter eternity, have called on the name of the Lord and their, their destiny is altered, even in the spirit realm. I, I don't know, but I know that we have a just Father in heaven and just God. But it's not about just getting into heaven. It's about being vessels of heaven, being being ambassadors of heaven, bringing heaven to earth while we're breathing. It's written so beautifully in the Bible, but I think it's brought out better in the movie Gladiator. <laughs> Brothers, what we do, do here on earth echoes with us into eternity. That is so true. What we do here on earth echoes with us into eternity. Father, I thank you for Jesus. If you just need to reconnect with Jesus, all you need to do is say, Jesus, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. That is giving him lordship over your life. I give you my life. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would, as you've been poured out on all mankind, poured out on all flesh, I thank you right now that we can be saturated and baptized and infilled by your presence, infilled by your counsel, infilled by your comfort, your nurture and your conviction. That conviction that becomes bedrock in our lives. So Holy Spirit, I thank you right now for speaking to minds, speaking to hearts, quietening souls and minds and allowing our Father's kingdom to come and our Father's will to be done here on earth 
as it is in heaven, here in the earth of our lives, in the earth of our bodies, in the earth of our toil, in the earth of our existence, in the earth that we, we work in at home, wherever home is, and definitely on our planet, Father, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. I thank you for this week, for the healing words that are going to flow instead of critical crushing words and I thank you Father for the wisdom scripture tells us if we lack wisdom then ask the Father and he will give abundantly to those who ask if you need wisdom just ask him for it Proverbs says cry out for wisdom cry out for understanding like you're in this get in the streets and like cry out for it you don't have to be weird like that but Lord I need wisdom in this Father, I thank you for wisdom this week. Wise people that are building lives, building homes, building families, building stewardship in accordance with heaven. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And we all agree on this today by saying, Amen. Make it so. Do it, Father. Do it, Father. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. It's the best way. No other way is good enough. Your way is the good life. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.